more of Rick Wide on TSN 1040. Here's J.D. Burke and Andrew Wadden. Hey, welcome back to Rinkwide, the show that always scores. Andrew Wadden alongside J.D. Burke. Music's a lot better this week. Wonder why that... Oh, that's right. J.D.'s not picking it. I, I legit was looking at my phone, and I'm like in such a trap kick right now. It's like, well, I'm not going to put ASAP Ferg and Juicy J yeah. in our walk-up music. So it's you, like... You do realize that, like, and I do this with well, all the, the beats that I use for bridge music. Just grab the instrumental. Some of these trap songs, like even the instrumental, has some stuff. That's a little is, yeah. <laughs> that is like not gonna fly. Uh, if you missed any of the first hour, guys, Harmon Dial joined us. We will have the podcast up at the end of the show. Head over to where you find your podcasts uh, to listen, download, rate, all that stuff. Uh, Harmon with some good stuff. Uh, we did our all-time teams um, for the Canucks, and we're going to talk to Craig Button in just a moment, who is putting together these master lists. Mm-hmm. For TSN.ca. Uh, did you see the Winnipeg one that came out uh, at the end of the week here? I did. I was underwhelmed by it. I think a lot of it oh. had to do with the WHA and how I just, I'm, I'm not old enough to understand the WHA years, right? Like, you sure about that? Uh, I'm, I'm close. <laughs> I'm close. When did the WHA fold? In like 1980? Sounds, Something like that. Yeah, that was a century ago, dude. Yeah, it was like, a, I was two years old then. and I was... I was minus like 12 years like old or like minus 13. Glimmer in your parents' eye at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, great stuff there from Harmon Dow, including, uh, well, just defending the uh, fact that he fe- feels that the Canucks should just walk from that first round pick, regardless of what happens right now, and kind of done, yeah. out of here, so to speak. You and I, I, I agree with him on that. On that we should get uh, Drance on next week for his all time team. I'm curious, like, is it his, his entire side? Like right side going to be Tyler Myers, first pair Tyler Myers, second pair Tyler Myers, third pair Tyler Myers. Yeah, foundational player. Travis well, you Green. put McGillney at center ice, so I mean you've moved the goalposts already. I was gaslit. But, but, buttons on the line right now. I can see him. So I was gaslit. Let, let's, by talk, hockey let's, let's start right there, Craig. Thanks for uh, for joining us again today, um, Craig. Have you ever seen Alexander McGillney play center? Uh, no. Thank you. Okay. Because they, apparently he's listed on Hockey Reference as a center. So when we just did our all-time teams, and JD had McGillney down the middle, and I just in all the years he played in the NHL, I don't remember him ever playing uh, I was down gaslit. the middle. But, okay. Yeah, anyway, um, so as far as the uh, Canadian Seven, the all-time sevens, uh, Craig, we were at the final one, of course, Monday being the Canucks. So uh, what can you tell us? What I know you don't want to give it all away. But I'm sure there are some, uh, you know, certain players that are, are givens, whether it be the Sedins, Linden. But uh, are there going to be some curveballs? Are there going to be somebody on there that uh, is going to be a hot debate here in the market? Well, the one thing I, the one thing that we have found over the course of this, and 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 even with the uh, Ottawa Senators, uh, you know, I mean, obviously uh, taking the team from 1917 uh, through the end in, in, into 1933-34. And then picking it up in '92. I mean, there was only five players uh, from the previous, from that first iteration, all Hall of Famers. So there was, I mean, there was a, a, a little bit of uh, disagreement. But in all, in, in in every single other market, the other five teams, and obviously Montreal, Toronto, because they've been, they've had such a storied uh, history. Uh, yeah, there, there, there's been lots of uh, good. Uh, 
uh, disagreement and debate and, and, and everything that goes with it. And, uh, you know, when you're going to see Vancouver on uh, Monday, I mean, it won't be any different. There'll be, there'll be about this player or that player. Why isn't that player? The one thing I will assure you that as we've gone through this exercise and long before we presented it, uh, we, we tried to assess where the, uh, you know, where the, where the friction would be amongst the, uh, amongst the passionate fans. We haven't been wrong. We haven't been wrong. Yeah. We, 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 we pegged it at every single turn. And, and yeah, it, it's going to be interesting because, uh, you know, and we came to a determination, but Tony Tantia, right winger or left winger? Yes. Because, you know, <laughs> because he, he, he played left wing, but he had a great amount of success as a right winger. So, you know, where we put him in on that lineup, I don't think there's any question that, you know, I don't think it comes as any surprise. Pavel Bure will be on the team and Todd Bertuzzi will be on the team. But where do you, where, and, and Tony Tanti was a, was a really good Canuck and Jeff Courtnell. And then you look at the blue line and, you know, you know, there's some popular players too that, you know, people loved. And, you know, we, we, not, not that that is a, a, a criteria that becomes a, a final decision point. But it's something that we, we look into in terms of, uh, you know, where does a player, you know, sit all time, you know, in, 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 the, in, the, in the conscious minds of the fans. Yeah, Craig, um, when you guys made that, like you're talking about Tanti, and we discussed this this week because all of us here at the station were putting together our list, and I used Don Taylor as a reference point because, you know, he's been there, done that when it comes to uh, the Canucks. And I said to him, listen, did Tanti ever play left wing? And he said, yes. And then a couple of days later, Sakara says to me, you know what, Tanti, I'm told, got the majority of his goals on right wing. You know, he should be considered a right winger. So how much of stock did you put that into that? Because, you know, Yurke Lume is a good example of that on defense as well, right shot guy, but played the majority of his time on the left, uh, left side. So how much stock did you put into the time that they played, you know, whether it's a different position or not? Well, we wanted to put them in the positions that they played uh, the, you know, the, the, that, the position on the all-time team, they had to have played that position, in our view, you know, for, for at least half the time during mm. the careers. I mean, we went through it with Edmonton. I mean, yeah, you, you have a center ice of uh, Gretzky, Messier, and McDavid. And then, you know, we, we, we had some fun with the twist of a checking line. And so, that, so Doug Waite, who was a terrific Edmonton oiler, you know, we went, we went around and tried to figure it out. Jim Matheson of the Edmonton Journal, you know, he, he put Messier on the left wing. Uh, even though Messier only played four years on the left wing or thereabouts, you know, our feeling was he was remembered, his success, despite being really good on left wing, he, he was remembered and in the minds and the eyes of the fans was a center. So that's why we put him at, at center ice. Now, I, I really admire, uh, you know, that ability to, to have a little bit of flexibility could we have used it? Yeah, we could have. But we wanted to have those players in the positions where not only they played, but where people remembered them and where they had success. So, you know, there's some gray, Tony Tanti, Alex Burroughs, Yerky Lumi. There's always different uh, areas of gray. But ultimately, what we wanted to try to do is, is, is represent those positions by the players that played them, you know, uh, more than not. We're talking to Craig Button, TSN's Director of Scouting. Craig, part of the reason I wanted to get you onto the program today is that you are better equipped than just about anybody in the media to talk about the inner workings of an NHL scouting department, whether it's your own experience or that of your brother Todd Button with the Calgary Flames. You've been in the war room. You've seen these decisions made, how it all takes place. 
And yet, what we're seeing right now with Judd Brackett, it's getting a lot of attention from media members in Vancouver, from very different backgrounds. I want to hear your perspective on the ongoing dispute between management and their scouting department and the contractual disagreements therein. Well, you know, J.D., I think one of the, one, one, one of the significant things is, is there's nothing wrong with uh, having disputes. And, and, and l- let me differentiate. Disputes, you know, how you build your list, how you, like, you know, where you, where you want to, you know, go with respect to a draft, e- even what prospects you might be considering in a trade. You know, those all factor in. And, you know, and, and, and you can work through them. You can work through the disagreements. You can work through the disputes. You know, I'm of the mind of this. I'm always amazed when we look at uh, we look at draft lists or draft selections or whatnot, and you know, inevitably, you know, when the when the pick goes right, you know, the general manager gets all the credit, and when the picks go wrong, well, the scouting staff didn't do a very good job. I think, as a general manager, you know, you want to have a, an understanding of the players, but if you're not going to empower your scouting staff. And you're not going to say, hey, listen, you're the people doing the work. You know what? I may need some convincing as a manager. You may have to make your case. Uh, but that's okay. And, and there can be disagreements in there in terms of the question and whatnot. But Kenny Holland told me this when I first became a manager in Calgary. He said, Craig, he goes, your background is player personnel, development, scouting, and, you know, you know it really well. And, and there's going to be an inclination to want to go and do that. He said, resist it. He said, Make sure that the people you have scouting, uh, that they know what you're trying to do and, and then trust them to do it. Uh, you know, I'm going to just take a little sidestep here, J.D. I, I remember in one of my years here in Calgary and the scouts came to me and they were considering three players and with the first pick. And, and they wanted my input. I said, listen, you know what the parameters are. You know what you have to do with respect to you know, the evaluation, the process of what I feel. We've talked about it, right? I'm not making your selection for you. You're going to have to make it. And I said, I support you. I'm not backing off in terms of supporting you. But if I'm the one that always has to make the decision, then why do I have you guys? So I think you have to not only empower them, their voice has to be heard. And ultimately, if you don't like their voice or you don't like the decisions they're going to make, get somebody else to do it. So now as I go back, and, you know, back to what's happening in Vancouver, you, you, you can have disputes, you can have disagreements on what your value is and everything. But to understand that, you know, people that have come through a system have had success. J.D., I know we agree on this, and I think most people can look at the Vancouver Canucks and agree that they've been pretty good in terms of the scouting. Uh, you know, since Jim Benning took over, you know, Judd Brackett taking it over as the lead. They've done really well. They haven't just done well in the first round. I mean, obviously, that, that, that's not the most focused, but they've done really well, in my view, throughout, throughout a lot of rounds. And so now, you know, you, you start to look. Now, um, unless those disputes, disagreements, the friction is, is something that's irreconcilable, I mean, I, I don't see why you want to try to move people out or people want to leave uh, because – where are you going to find those people that have done such a good job and everything? And unless they're bad people, Judd Brackett's not a bad guy. The guys on the staff aren't bad people. You got to find a way to work through that and accept where you're at within the group. And I think, uh, and I'll say it. I mean, I, I, I think yeah, as a manager, you have to empower Bob Janey told us. And when I was in Dallas, he said, listen, we know what we want to do. We know what we want to achieve. He goes, I'm not going to tell you how to do your job. 
Uh, you know, we know what we want to get, what our outcomes want to be. But uh, if I get to a point where I feel that we're not getting those things, it's not going to be about me telling you how to do your job. I'm just going to get somebody else to do it. And that's the prerogative of a manager. But he never, ever, you know, he, he, he knew that we had the, uh, the, the ability to make those decisions, and he supported us. And, and the thing about it, too, is you talk to a lot of people around the league about the way that, that resources are allocated, whether in the terms of, of the amount of time one has to do whatever part of their job. For example, like a general manager won't get the opportunities to scout throughout the season that a scout himself will, right? And based on your experience as a general manager, can you speak to how much more limited you are in your capacity to do that part of the job relative to somebody who has taken on that responsibility themselves and made it their full-time purview? Well, to me, it's like, it, it, would, be, it, it would be similar to this. It would, it would be like this. It would be like, you're starting at the beginning of the school year in September, Okay. And, you know, the, the teacher's working, 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 working all the way through the year, understands, you know, where the students ha- have, have, have progressed, where they've stumbled, where they need a little bit of help. You've evaluated it, and all of a sudden at the end, June, you know, you got your final exam. Somebody didn't do as well, or somebody didn't do as well as you thought they would do. And now somebody from the outside comes in and tells that teacher, you know what, your grade is wrong. The person that's been in there the whole time you know what, working with the, understands that whole development uh, process, that whole time frame. So, yeah, you can show up at a U18 tournament or, or a playoff series or a World Junior tournament. It, it, it's one point in time. And I think the key to amateur scouting and, and any type of scouting, it's not static. You better be able to work at it over a period of time. You can question as a manager. You can say, hey, listen, here's what I saw. And somebody can say, yeah, I know that that's what you saw, and they didn't demonstrate this. We'll continue to watch that, but, but we're, we're not concerned about that. I think that some of the biggest, uh, call it disagreements, disputes, ultimately mistakes are when people with few viewings carry too much weight into the decisions against the people that have better viewings and longer viewings and more in-depth viewings on the players. That's where teams make mistakes. Is there... Is there an advantage to a small front office at times? I, I know um, a team like the Maple Leafs will stock up their front office and pay a lot of money to guys because they can do it. There's no salary cap there. They take advantage of that. But is there an advantage to a smaller front office and less sort of cooks in the kitchen, so to speak? Well, you know, I think there is. I, I don't think there's a, a disadvantage to having a bigger one. Here's where I think you always have to be working towards, Andrew. And, and, and this is what you want to set up in your office, in your hockey office, okay? You want people to have meaningful work. You want to have people that, that, that feel that the work they're doing is contributing to something. Now, people are going to have different skill sets. When there's not enough elbow room to move around, you know, when you're on that crowded subway, uh, in, in light of where we're at with physical distancing, maybe nobody wants to remember that. But, you know, when you, you can sit down and relax on the subway and, and when you can't, it's the same thing when you, you don't have elbow room and somebody comes in and goes, well, you know, I didn't like them. Yeah, you saw them once. Like, you know what? Who cares? Like, you know, that's great. You can go out and watch. And I think that people have to have the ability to work to their talents and work to their strengths and have that elbow room, not only to maneuver, but also to grow. You don't want to stifle growing. It's, it, it, it's like a garden. If you just 
pile in a whole bunch of seeds, well, the flowers are going to crowd out one another, and some of them are going to die. It's the same thing in the front office. You know what? People's spirit gets killed, gets dampened. They don't feel that they have an ability to do what they need to do. There's always this constant fight for the light or for the water or for whatever the food is uh, in, in, in the garden bed. And that's why you have to really evaluate. You know, the idea, oh, we have the money so we can do it? Well, great. Like, maybe you don't need to do it and you can put the money elsewhere. I, so I think it's about really evaluating what everybody's strengths and skills are and then putting them into positions and allowing them to do what they do. But, and, and, and if you don't think they can do it, get somebody else to do it. Yeah. Well, we can't get anybody to do what you do, Craig, because you do it so well. And we thank you for working on the weekend once again, slumming it up here with us on Rinkwide on TSN 1040. We appreciate you coming on today. My pleasure, and I look forward to the feedback on the Canucks yeah. all time seven. Absolutely, oh, we'll have plenty oh, of that. I'm this, sure this market never disappoints <laughs> yeah, for feedback, yeah, Craig. Yeah, Believe Craig. me, be ready, Craig. Be ready. <laughs> Steal yourself, I, I, batten down I, the hatches. I, 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 I'll, I'll tell you what, you guys. I, I've, I've kept my bulletproof vest on throughout this two-week yes. process. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take it off for the Canucks. Yeah, exactly. Let me tell you that. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Have a great weekend. Yeah, yeah, have a great weekend. You too. Thanks, you guys. That's Craig Cheers. Button, TSN's director of scouting. Craig, or, or sorry, Jason, I need that hit on Twitter like yeah. in 30 seconds. Yeah. That was awesome. That was a great hit. That was awesome. Um, I like the last part. You don't want to be killing spirits. You know, and mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. And, 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 and when it comes to leadership, and I'm sort of stating the obvious here, mm-hmm. but the best leaders mm-hmm. are those that can keep everybody, you know, united, so to speak. And empower people. And, exactly. And empower people. Exactly. And I think that this is where things are being tripped. Uh, again, I am think I'm stating the obvious here, but this is where things are being tripped up a little bit with the Canucks front office. Here is why Craig is so damn good at his job. He can editorialize in such a way that is is different for me it's a different style he can just lay out the facts and leave you to make the decision sure right take himself out of the but he's story. also got the he's I, also got I the d- resume in the background to be able to do that right i mean yeah. he's you know you want to talk scouting he's done that you want to be a gm well he's done that as well you want to be an, an analyst well he does that too like, i'm just so, recognizing how well he does it because yeah. like it's it's very difficult to kind of put all the puzzle pieces together for others so that mm-hmm. they can make their determination. Sometimes you have to kind of lead a horse a little bit. Craig does not do that with his audience, and, and you still get to water. Like there, and, and again, there might be an advantage to having a smaller group, but everybody has to be on the same page. But not only that, then you also have to consider the workload, right? And it's like you talked about, hey, you can be all well and good and, and want to be the scout and be the GM and be everything else, but then there's just going to be certain things you're just not going to be able to get done. Whether it's going to see such, you know, that tournament or, or going to check out this player because you've got X, Y, and Z to do as well already. So again, there is the. There's a lot of triage you have yeah, to do. You exactly. have to determine what you have time for, what you don't. And frankly, like being a GM and being a scout, it just, it doesn't work. But, and also too, if you. GMs look, make the first round pick. After that, they're supposed to step back and but, empower their guys. But then you just heard Craig give an uh, example where he said to the scouts, you guys make the pick when it came to that first round as well. So uh, true, true, but that, that was but that's pretty unique. Like in the conversations I've had, yeah. general managers, because those are the ones where you get fired or you get yeah. job security. Yeah, you out. can't swing and miss on on, on your first round uh, pick, especially when you're you know, and top, when it's picking your job, in the top ten. And when it's your job on the line, like all the power to you. 
right? But in those second and third and fourth rounds, like you got to rely on the people who have seen them 50 plus times. All the power is going to you next because mm -hmm. it's time for JD's manifesto. That is coming up. What you're, you're looking at me strange. What? Well, uh, okay. I didn't know if you were setting me up to do it now or next segment. I was like, well, no, we can next do it segment. next. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 This is a little tease. It's yeah. No, I, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. All right. Coming up next, Rink Wide, show that always scores. TSN 1040.